should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. Be a book. She can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have them. Because we need to fill our time since we too refuse to appear on stage at the GOP debates. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who has signed a joint pledge with Joe Jorgensen, Joshua Smith, Rocky De La Fuente, and Don Blankenship to not participate in any debates that will actually be watched by anyone. <laughs> Benedict! I actually would love to participate in the debates. They won't let me because I'm not a citizen. <laughs> so, well, I'm not. I wasn't born You here. could be in a Senate debate or I a could, yeah. I don't debate. think they televise those. Which one of those people in that list do you think I made up? Which one of those names do you think? Kevin, I wasn't even listening. Let's be (laughs) honest. (laughs) I didn't listen to your opening joke. They were all real presidential candidates. Benedict, what's a show you have never been able to finish? Uh, Ooh, good question. We all have those, right? You get get a number of episodes in and you're just like, I'll come back to it. You never come back to it. You know what it was for me? And this is... To, not to my shame, mm-hmm. but somewhat, somewhat to it my shame because I think I pretend to have watched it a lot, <laughs> <laughs> or like I talk about. It. I never say that I have watched Benedict's it, one but of those I talk. Who says he's watched all of One Piece? That's, That's it. a joke yeah. for our anime heads. <laughs> um, it, but it, it's the kind of thing that because like the discourse around it was so strong, I feel like I did watch it, and then mm-hmm. I think like on some level, I think I think I did watch it. And we, I Benedict haven't. will reveal what the show is in twenty minutes after he finishes yeah. explaining this whole thing to all of you. Succession <laughs> is the answer. You've made succession jokes on this show. Yeah, and nobody fucking knew. So here we are. <laughs> That is quite funny to me. I have to admit, that is quite funny to me. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's one of those shows that, like, everyone's memeing it, everyone's clipping mm-hmm. it and putting shit on Twitter. Especially, like, the world of Twitter that I follow. It's all the fucking media hacks and everyone that thinks it's hilarious and it's relevant to their world. So, See, that's... meanwhile, I can be the real uh, supremacist here and just say I've never seen a single fucking episode. Good. Because okay, I'm not a, a, a media driven troll like you weirdos i don't just take whatever they're spoon feeding into all right my so mouth what's yours? Tell me to watch uh for me Benedict. <laughs> uh atlanta i've okay. never been able to finish atlanta and let me tell you it's not because the show isn't good yeah. it's because the show disturbs me and it disturbs okay. me probably for a different reason than a lot of people the show makes me sincerely concerned for donald glover's good well-being Okay. Like there's, I a, think everything Donald Glover has ever done is oh, maybe except for, for Donald Glover's work. except for community. Even honestly, even that, like, but there is a look in his eyes on that show, and like I recognize it. If that sounds like if that makes any sense, sure. But there's a look on his face that says to me, like, I just want to do what I want to do the way I want to do it, and nobody will let me do that. <laughs> and it sincerely makes me go, Donald, are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay, man? Like. <laughs> 
You're one I of my favorite I... artists alive. Like, you, I hope you're okay, man. That's why I can't finish the show. Fair enough. I think I, th- I also think there's a difference between like not picking up the next season of something mm-hmm. and abandoning something mid-season. Yeah. Because I think I never watched season three of Atlanta, but I really enjoyed the first two, and I just I think I just like wasn't aware when the mm-hmm. new one came out and wasn't something I sought out. So I also haven't finished Atlanta, but it's only because I like kind of didn't realize it. Yeah. Came out. That's that's different than what I'm talking about. That's yeah, yeah. yeah that's different than what I'm talking about. Anyway. Benedict, you probably know what it is we do here on this program. Uh, some other folks out there, folks who have seen all of Atlanta and uh, what was the succession? Show? Succession. Uh, they might because they don't have time to listen to podcasts. Right? No, They're too busy watching TV. They're too too busy consuming <laughs> quality content. <laughs> they might not know what it is that we do here on this program. They might will say this is the show where we go deep. Deep, deep, deep to plumb the depths of right-wing thought, reviewing a chapter from a work of conservative literature, and in between taking a look at other examples, right, doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us? This week? Yeah, I was hubristic, and it andered the gods. <laughs> That's okay, it. we can end it right there. We can move right on. No, I don't need so, any explanation. Yeah, that's it. No, I was uh, my. Uh, <laughs> I, I got blisters on my feet because I wore no-show oh. socks because I thought I thought I was too oh. cool to not wear no-show socks. You thought you were a frat kid at a yeah. boat party. I thought I was going on a boat and I wasn't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I flew too close to the sun, got blisters on my feet, and I think you know, it, it, it just tragedy all around. I was walking around a a lovely garden, and you know when you're like an hour mm-hmm. into something, mm-hmm. and, and you, you know up. there's, but well, but also you know there's a minimum of forty five minutes of walking left, oh. and you start to get the rub. Oh, <laughs> it was a bad time. You talking about the foot rub, or are you talking yeah. about the thigh rub? No, it's I've had that too though. I've had I've rub? had a I have had a bit of chub mm-hmm. rub too. Like that's <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's Look, we're tough. Both, we're both bigger boys. We get yeah, it. Yeah, I got, it. you know, th- thunder thighs, some might say. Um, <laughs> some might not say that also. <laughs> people with a normal vocabulary. <laughs> um, anyway, no, the, f- the the shoe rubbing on the back of your heel, you know? Oh, that, yeah, uh, that's like, the yeah, that. worst spot. Yeah, so I was an hour into a lovely walk around a botanic mm-hmm. garden, and my uh, my heels began to yeah. to chafe, and it was uh, it was mm. one of the saddest things that's happened to me this year, honestly. And then you get home, and there's so- just no more skin there. Yeah, yeah there yeah. is no skin on either of my heels. So that's for an cool. upper middle class then, white guy like you, that is about it's the tough. saddest thing. That it's happen. tough. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I had to walk home from the subway with my uh, my like squashing the shoes down at the back with my feet so my feet were just out walking back from the subway <laughs> not in sandals you did so what bad we time. all used to do in high school yeah yep, yeah you, that's you true, fold yeah, down I the back do, and you just step yep, on it yep, yep turn any shoe it. into slide-ons yep yeah that's what i did that was me <laughs> what about you what uh, happened to you tell me about your pain <laughs> i don't have any pain i feel pretty Fuck good you uh check I mean, your privilege at the door <laughs> My Uber was five minutes late. It said it was going to be there at this time, and it was five minutes late. It was a tragedy. Uh, I, Benedict, I am very glad to be back in a city. Uh, the move is complete, as you can probably hear from the hell. You can certainly echo. hear it from the terrible fucking sound <laughs> quality of this episode, yeah. Well, my new... Uh, yeah, so for one thing, I should just note, like, the sound quality on this episode is probably going to be shit. Because I did move all the equipment over here. I set it up like 20 minutes before we started recording. Um, because I, I still have a bunch of stuff at the old house still. But most of it is here now. Like a it's okay also. Of you, my shit is here. 
you just sound like you're about a foot further away from the mic. That's yeah, all it is. Probably a problem. <laughs> probably a problem. But uh, also, it's probably because my new office at the new place uh, is is massive. It's huge. Oh, it is almost I'm the size of my old apartment in, yeah. in its entirety. So much larger space to fill. Uh, and I got a lot of echo going on here. It's not yeah. it's not the best sound quality. I'll be working on that. I'll put up some uh, some foam crate on the wall to hopefully get rid of some of these echoes. That'd be fine. But it is so nice to be back in a city, though, right? Because like I, I, I escaped the suburbs from when I was young. So I never wanted to go back. And I just spent the last 10 months living in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And it was hell. It was yep. the, the worst hell I could imagine. I hated every moment of it. Uh, and now I'm back. Now I'm back. And it feels good. It feels fine. I feel alive again, Benedict. Well, welcome back to the worst city in the Midwest. <laughs> I, the... No, there are worse cities. Tulsa. Yeah. Case. That's, ah, that's not the Midwest. You're not wrong. Uh, but anyways, Benedict, on to housekeeping. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBCPod on Twitter and at NYGBCBen. Uh, I don't have any updates other than, that obviously, I just finished my move. Uh, literally, like, brought the last carload of stuff over yesterday. Last for a while, like I just, I had to like be like, okay, I'm just gonna get it all in there. I'll go back on the weekend and and grab more. But I am finally actually living in the new place, which I hadn't been doing for a while because I was staying yep. there to watch the dog while my partner was on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, for the people who have asked, no, I did not break up with my partner. That is not why I moved out of her house. It is. Uh, He's lying. <laughs> He's in denial. That's why. He's that not telling you the truth. That would be great if we just created a, a whole thing on this show where I secretly broke up with her, but uh, pretending it didn't happen. I'm still yeah. really still really sad about it. Yep. No, but uh, oh, no, I didn't. So uh. <laughs> He didn't break up with her. She broke up with him. That's, <laughs> that's the truth of the matter. Uh, that would be funny. But anyways. Benedict, it's a very creative so. use of language. I didn't break up with her. <laughs> Because of all the moving, that means obviously today we are doing a Prager roulette, as I said, would probably be the case throughout my move. You did auger that, to be fair. I you did. Yeah. Tempering expectations, sort of a specialty of mine. Never disappoint. That's <laughs> Always underwhelm. <laughs> under promise and under deliver. That's the phrase, right? <laughs> under uh, promise and subsequently still somehow <laughs> underwhelm. <laughs> but anyways, there's going to be, you know, like I said, probably some wonkiness with the audio for the next couple episodes as I get things squared away and figure out some way to deal with this echo. We'll see how that goes. That's the only real update this week. But also, Benedict, we have one inductee into our spooky one. world, new world order, bleh, and that is, of course, uh, our our wonderful patron, a wee-woo thing, who sent us a very nice message uh, that I don't want to mention anything about in case they wanted that to be confidential, uh, but uh, we really do appreciate it. And I did read it. I know Benedict responded because he's in charge of Patreon responses. I always respond. So if ever anyone responds to you on the Patreon, that's me. Yes, because I hate If anyone responds to you on Twitter, it's Kevin. On yes. Patreon, it's me. So if you want to have a nice conversation, <laughs> talk to me. But a wee-woo thing, you are now... Po- oh, shit. You know what I just realized, Benedict? I yeah, also so. don't have the sound clip. Oh, I don't fuck. have the sound now, clip. Uh, let me... I'll do it. Fuck! All right, you are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. There we go. Thank (laughs) you so very much. So here's the other thing that happened, is that uh, I disconnected the little laptop like a week Uh ago. Like immediately after we finished recording last week's episode, I packed it up. And then when I got here to the new place, uh, I had to like log in. It's a Chromebook, right? It's a little Chromebook I use for playing our audio clips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what fucking password I had set for it. I have cool. no idea. 
So I had to hard restart it and it lost all my data. So I lost all the clips. I lost everything that was on there. I'm going to have to rebuild that, put that stuff back in. Giant pain in my ass. Yep. Uh, but, you know, it's worth it to move back to the city. Anyways, yep. if you would like to join the Spooky World New World Order, bleh, you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, or send me a screenshot or tag us in it let me know. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can. Drop me a screenshot and let me know about it. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity. Become a patron or just get my attention with something good. With all that out of the way, Benedict, why don't we finally get into this week's planned episode, mm-hmm. which I will say does have a theme that I only discovered about 10 minutes before we started it didn't. It, it certainly did not have a theme a minute ago. It did not. It definitely did not. But then I realized what clips I had chosen. And we okay. have a presidential theme this week, Benedict. Cool. Uh, so there are one, two, three, four, five episodes, for your, five clips, rather, for you to okay. choose from. So as we do, I will let you pick one through five. Which one would you like to begin with? Uh, I think I will pick number two. To number start with, two. All right, Benedict. This is from the Daily Signal, right wing wag, bleh, 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 right yep, sure. wing fine. rag. Right wing wag, yep, is. that's Sometimes it. Sometimes I can't talk. It is Charlie Kirk, this is from about a month ago, cool. commenting on the current presidential race and a certain individual I think we've all come to know and love over the last couple of days. Is it the fake? Yes, it is. Cool. Charlie, thank you so much for thank joining you. us. We're so happy to be here. I love the Daily you. Signal, so thank you. Good. Well, talk to us about the 2024 field. You saw this town hall yeah. yesterday, right? I did with Tucker. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Well, um, I like that he mentioned right there at the front that he was with Tucker. Yep. Which does just show that Charlie is, you know, actively trying to burden his uh, white supremacist. Group. Well, I, so sorry. I thought was Tucker at the town. Oh no, sorry. This is the town hall. This isn't a debate. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Carry on. I'm confused. Yeah. I thought Vivek was the best performing candidate. Really? I thought. So Vivek was the best performing candidate. Sure. I Look. I don't I, remember. I did, Honestly, I didn't see this town hall. I saw the debate. I, I only of, saw but. clips of the town hall. I haven't watched it either. But I do just want to say that it is very apparent in this presidential cycle that the right is seeking the worst human being they could possibly find. That, well, there's a okay, race to the bottom going. Vivek get rich by taking a company public? Oh, I, okay. Taking a company public... That had a drug that had failed, that failed four three times, already. yeah, and then four, it, he took it public. Four. It failed its fifth trial, and, and he had he already cashed it. out. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. That's cool. what the man did. That this is the most Republican. That is the most Republican <laughs> way to make money I have ever heard of. But but okay, just in terms of what we've heard from all the Republicans over the last few days, right? We have heard incessantly talk about, for example, invading Mexico the day they take office. From Ron DeSantis. And I think Vivek also did a similar, he said a similar thing. He had a similar comment. Oh, everyone wants to invade, invade Mexico. Mexico. Everyone wants to invade Mexico. Invade our neighbors. There's mm-hmm. your never war party right there. Yep. No. They say things that sound well, good and appeal to people. I think the, the, the Republicans think that there always has to be kind of some level of war. I so like if I, we're I ending the war that's... if we're ending the war in Ukraine then we have to well, <laughs> no I think I think I think there's like a zero sum game of war I do I think there's... I actually don't think that they've thought that deeply about it I, I don't not. I think because you know they are at their core reactionaries yeah I think that most of their positions are entirely reactive they are reacting to sentiments they are reacting to bad tweets they are reacting yep. to things they pick up from the general 
swamp on the right uh, that reinforce maybe prejudices they already had, but definitely not any sort of concrete plans. The only sort of concrete plans they have are to continue to attack the wokes uh, mm-hmm. and and slash the top tax rates. Like that's basically the only real concrete plans any of these candidates have. The yeah. rest is just vibes, man. It's vibes. It's vibes all the way down. Yeah. Uh, Pence was very underwhelming. Okay. Um, I just think his stance on you Ukraine is so out of. Th- I look, the fact that Mike Pence. Look, I want to be in the audience at a GOP debate, just to once yell, "Hang Mike Pence!" and see if a chant starts. You, That's all I wanted to. Okay, you're really <laughs> banking on a chant starting there. Otherwise, that is jail for a million years. <laughs> Bullshit! Can't yeah. get me in jail. No. I was uh, just using my free speech. We I don't all heard Donald Trump say it's just my free speech. Also, it's deeply funny that Trump's trial is starting way sooner than we thought yes. it would. So I know. I that, that is a very, it's the DC one that got set for uh, January or No, there's one, I think the, it's March 4th. Uh, you might be right. I, I, there was another one that's like January 8th or something for an, like a co-defendant or something. I don't remember what's going on there. But No, yeah. no, it hit Trump's trial um, in the federal election case is uh march 4th ah we will all be actually we won't be watching it's a federal case there's no no cameras in federal court assholes a lot of touch with where the voters are and i'm i'm right with tucker on the ukraine thing i think it's insane that we would send a dollar to the conflict in ukraine Uh, by the way it's it's very funny to me every time someone puts charlie kirk on camera and they put his mole side towards the camera (laughs) i always didn't have to do that you can see it in his face that he knows what's facing the camera, and he's very <laughs> upset about it. Yeah. Also, um, another Putin apologist to add to the list. Here we, yep. Here we go. Oh, and Charlie's gotten pretty fucking, pretty fucking uh, out there in recent weeks. He, really? Yeah, I haven't been keeping track. He's been going mask off. He's been going mask off. He's cool. very much dipping right in. It's almost like, so back in the day, there was this thing where... Um, uh, Nick Fuentes and his groipers would infiltrate TPUSA events, by which yeah. I mean buy a ticket, right? Yeah. <laughs> and go to TPUSA And be USA indistinguishable events. from like half the attendees. Generally, yeah. so uh, Amanda Moore, I think is her name. I can't remember if that's her name or not, but um, the young woman who went undercover on the right and then, you know, just recently had an article come out about it, I think in The Atlantic, uh, about how a lot of the white supremacists she encountered are now having like, you know, intern positions in government and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wrote some about this. And, and so these groipers would go to TPUSA events and they would, you know, during like the Q&A period, challenge Charlie Kirk on aid to Israel and cool. things like that. And there's no doubt that TPUSA has been just full of white supremacists from its very beginning. Just Google mm-hmm. TPUSA white supremacist, maybe add in uh, kicked out because they always end up kicking him out, and it's like, oh, we slipped and fell into a pile of white supremacists again. Once again. How does this keep happening? I can't explain it. Yeah. Uh, but I think Charlie is starting, maybe it's audience capture, which I know is a favorite Could thing be. of yours. It is. I uh, love to talk about audience capture. Mm-hmm. Charlie. That's why I always ignore our audience whenever I can. <laughs> no, Unless you're a patron, in which case I respond to very nice about it. But Charlie is definitely starting to go over to just... Out and out white supremacy, and cool. it's it's not just him, right? It's the trend within the Republican Party. That he's just following. And yeah, look, we have we have our own kind of venue here, and we have President Donald Trump, who I believe is going to be the nominee, yeah. coming, and uh, we have six presidential candidates, and so uh, we'll kind of see what happens. 
Yeah, there's what? some okay, kind of underreported presidential candidates that are here. What a non-answer. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the town hall? Well, we have Donald Trump and six presidential candidates, so I guess we'll see what happens. Thanks, Charlie. Expert insight there. He's, you know, if there's one thing you can never accuse Charlie of being, it's deep. Yeah. They're here yep. too, right? Ryan Binkley, Perry Johnson. Uh-huh. So uh, Mayor Suarez, Asa Hutchinson, Vivek, and then, of course, Trump. So, look, uh, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, uh, I guess they had other plans. They're missing out, though. Oh, were they all invited? Of course. By the way, what I was referencing with Charlie is on August 23rd, he tweeted, whiteness is great. Be proud of who you are. Yeah, that makes sense. It's pretty mask off. Yep, a little mask off. And it was invited. Bobby Kennedy was invited. Yeah. uh, Huh, why would Bobby Kennedy be invited to a Republican debate? I can't imagine why that might be a thing, Benedict. It's a great question. Can you imagine why that might happen? I don't. 6,000 people here, but uh, apparently Ron DeSantis has something better to do than speak to 6,000 people in his home state. Asa, how did you think he did yesterday? Average. Yeah? Now, Vivek, why do you think he did? Okay. Everything is average to Charlie. Also, to be fair, your prediction on Ron DeSantis turfing out. (laughs) But I don't mean turf. I mean just falling in his own shit yeah. has been pretty it's, uh, it's been pretty great it's been pretty great to watch he's not okay this my prediction was entirely based on the pitch of his voice and also his height that's it <laughs> like but you were dead on man with nothing more on. than those two factors i know he's not going to be president it is weird and that how- honestly sucks Short kings, fine. High-pitched voice kings like me, fine. Awesome. Be president. Not in America. Not yet. We ain't ready for that yet. I remember you saying like a week before Ron really started like going out and appearing on camera for things that he wasn't, he was too short to ever be president. Yeah. And, and then he goes out and, okay, there has to be something more than people keep just capturing all the weird facial gestures that we all make when we're on camera from time to time. Right? Some people aren't built to be filmed like nobody is built to be mm-hmm. filmed constantly but some people are less built than others and he is one of those Ooh, people he is built to be creepy on camera yeah that is that's true on there. yep he did so well well he had the clearest answers uh and also i think he was most in line with where republican voters are i think he reads the room really really well interesting and so uh, yeah he was because he's a bloodthirsty fascist and that is where the republican party well, I think, voters are. yeah i mean vivek i i think is a I think he's in the kind of in the British Tory politician mold of, of he strikes me that he doesn't really believe anything. Yeah. And will kind of say anything to get elected. And that's the that's where I'm at. With I Vivek, think anyway. you're generally right about that. I think there's an underpinning in Vivek of just straight up fascism. He wants fascism. Potentially. He's, I'm trying not to pay attention to any of these. He, people he wants to uh, force uh, anyone who wants to vote to pass a citizenship test. Yeah, We've and then been got through the fact that in this yeah. country, and we literally passed a law to ban it. He did, well, yeah, but then he also mixed up the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So. Well, he's also dumb. So. Yeah, but like that's pretty <laughs> ironic. Immediately after, you're like everyone should pass a citizenship test, and then you're like, ah, well, the the Constitution won us the War of Independence. Like, no, it fucking didn't. Yeah. Also, hilarious thing to me um, is that that Vivek Vivek is Hindu, right? I but think it's Vivek, sorry. I think. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing a fascist yeah. name. Uh, but, <laughs> I try not to, I just don't know how to pronounce. Uh, <laughs> but he is also 
making all these overtures towards Christians mm-hmm. and using vague enough language that they just assume he might be Christian. It's very funny to me when he references God That's rather fine. than That's God's plural. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I find it so you got to do what you got to do in this racist ass country. Yep. Like That's fine. Oh, um, I'm a big Vivek fan, and also to his credit, he comes and speaks at our events, which uh, yeah. which means a lot to me. Well, so. okay, you're a big Charlie. There's why Charlie's a, a booster. <laughs> he likes me as a person. <laughs> he shows up at my things. He showed up at my TPUSA conference, and I mean, yeah, the room cleared out, and it was mostly empty when he gave his talk, but he was there. He was there, and you know, it's hard to fill a lineup. It's hard. It is. It is hard to fill a lineup. I'll give him that. I am. Would you want Vivek as a... Not necessarily. I think he'd be a great chief of staff. Oh, okay. I think because he's he's a master tactician, really understands the details. He's built a phenomenal business, so... But I I am enthusiastically uh, behind the idea of Vivek being on, on the team to save America. What about a VP? Yeah. Pause it. I, uh, there was a tweet. I can't remember where it's from, but I was like, it was like someone like cackling at the idea that Vivek is going to build all this, like, uh, like all this backing. He's going to get to like 20% in the polls. And then Trump's going to be like, I heard about Ramaswamy or whatever his name (laughs) is. And his his support is actually just going to. I know exactly the tweet you mean. I I think it might've been like, uh, uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody retweeted. It's like, no, that's too smart even for Trump. It's just yep. going to be Ramalama Ding Dong. We all know it. We all know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's possible. Hey, who stands out to you the most uh, right I like now? Ron Johnson a lot because oh. I think we have to win the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Ron Johnson is amazing. He was awesome on the vaccine issue, which for me is like a top issue. Yeah. And uh, he's- So his favorite pick for VP uh, is Ron Johnson, noted Cretan from Wisconsin, and anti-vax weirdo. So isn't that... Isn't that great? Isn't he there? still a he's still a senator, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, you can run as a senator. That's what's doing. No, I know, but then wouldn't I mean wouldn't the Democrats probably get his seat? From Most, likely. Yeah. Most likely. Most <laughs> likely. Charlie seems to Deeply think that done. running him would help them win Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, let oh, me run a, a senator from a blue trending swing state. Oh like, boy. Anyways, okay. I think we're done. We got the general gist of what Charlie's going at here. I yep. don't think we need much more. No. Nope, that leaves true. us four videos, Benedict. Which one will you have? Uh, number one. Number one. Yeah. So we are. Uh, this is. This one's going to be pretty self-explanatory. Okay. It made the rounds not long ago. Here we go. Me now is 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, sir. I want to start with uh, what I began morning. the program with, which is this. Uh, racist shooter killing three black people in Jacksonville oh, yesterday. No. What is your reaction to the shooting? It is such a tragedy and my heart goes out to those families. This should not be happening in the United States of America and it is no. wrong. The reality oh, okay. is we have a- to, to be fair, stronger condemnation than Donald Trump ever gave yeah. about a racist, violent event. Mm-hmm. And I mean just in tone. Purely in tone, that was a stronger condemnation. Yeah, I'm not... Again, it sounds like he's reading lines, which is... Oh, you know, yeah. I, oh, I'm absolutely. Sure he is. ...a mental health epidemic in this country. Okay. There are reports that yep. this particular individual, the perpetrator, was indeed evaluated for mental health deficiencies as well. And I think we need to have... And he was still able to buy a gun! Yeah. He sounds like, a, he sounds like he's doing a bad impression of a news anchor. 
it's you know it there is a a, a delivery element to it that's like yeah. staccato almost yeah writing your lines so that you they end at a certain point and the next yeah. uptick begins at a certain point there is there is something to it there yeah mm-hmm. you have to have the courage in this country to bring back a practice of putting back psychiatrically ill people who pose a risk to their communities into psychiatric institutions not just so uh, more police state is his answer. Lock him up. Not even police state. It is the horrific psychiatric institutionalization of anyone who Vivek deems needs to be put into a psychiatric institution, mm-hmm. which is problematic because I would guess he's going to have a longer list of people than most would for who needs to be institutionalized. Well, you never know. But yeah, it's probably not good. <laughs> Look, the dude just wanted a Pepsi. Yep. Uh, uh, suicidal tendencies joke. Uh, anybody like weird metal from the 90s? No? no it's okay. Not just drugging them up, but faith-based approaches and other approaches mm. that fill- they need Jesus, Benedict. That's, yeah, not specifically. It could be- Not just drugging them up, Benedict. Also Jesus or Krishna. Sure. What about but other- Krishna. But not Krishna, because he will no. not admit he is, he is Hindu to anyone who asks him, I'm yeah. sure. Fill our law. By the way, like I just want to get out there. Like obviously, Benedict and I are both atheists. We think mm. all your religions are dumb, uh, but I don't particularly yeah, think any unless, are more dumb than others, except for Scientology. That about that, no, Scientology yes. and Mormonism, both pretty dumb. Yeah. Longing for purpose and meaning in this country, I think it is just a shame that we even have mass shootings like this. Be it the one that it, happened it in Florida. It is a shame. Be it the recent one, the Nashville shooter in a Christian school killing. So whataboutism there, great. Obviously, yep. you got to bring that one in. You know uh, what? Stop everybody getting guns. How about that? That'd be great. How I'm, about we start with that? I'd be a fan of that, wouldn't I? Six in a school. We have to address that mental health epidemic, and we need leaders with the courage to do it. But my heart goes out so, to those families, and I hope something like this never um, happens. You hope something like this never happens again. How are you going to stop it, dickhead? Well, obviously, it's by uh, cutting funding to mental health, which is all Republicans have ever actually done. So that'll solve the problems, right? Always. That'll always, solve the always, always. Yeah. This never happens again. Mental health is one aspect yeah. of, of these shootings. And apparently, and we're still learning uh, a lot about uh, what happened. The, the facts are still coming out. Uh, also, this was very much apparently racially motivated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sheriff there said point blank that this shooter had uh, had manifestos coming three manifestos and uh, and just for anyone who isn't aware i know we have a lot of international listeners um this this shooter had swastikas on his rifle like this shooter this shooter was a neo-nazi he intentionally went to this store and targeted black people this was not a racially motivated shooting i'm very much disliking that term that's been thrown yep. around a lot this was a white supremacist murder is what yep. this was call it what it is I understand she's trying to be diplomatic talking with a dipshit on TV, but just use the right terms. Mm -hmm. There is no denying this was 100% uh, a a process, or or, or not a process, a result of white supremacy culture in the United States. A function of, yeah. Which is very much, going back to Charlie Kirk's fucking tweet, supported by the Republican Party said specifically that he went to this dollar store with the intent of killing black people. I think that is heinous and deserves to be called out for what it is. 
The reality is we've created such a racialized culture in this country in who the has? last several years that right- who, who is we? Yeah. Who's the we there? All of us, we're all responsible. Okay, the, the real racists were the friends we made along the way, sort of. <laughs> probably, <thing>. probably. <laughs> you've probably made a racist friend accidentally. Like there's nothing surprising in this video, right? There's nothing we haven't heard a thousand times yeah. before. No. But it's just like, really, every fucking time, it fucking infuriates me. Just not even, okay, on a human level, obviously, but yep. also on a level of someone whose hobby is studying the white supremacist movement. Mm -hmm. Like, f go fuck yourself. Just mm -hmm. go fuck yourself all the way. Right as the last few burning embers of racism were burning out. We when was that? When were the last few embers of racism burning out, Benedict? 2008? Yeah, that was when it. When people that's when were we, hanging that's... Obama in effigy and doing blackface to mock him? That's when we solved racism. That's when that's we solved right. racism. That's I correct. forgot about it. You got it. We have a culture in this country largely created by media and establishment and universities and politicians. That's it's just buzzwords. It's yep. just buzzwords, right? Boring. I talked before, uh, I've told you about how uh, right-wing comedy is heavily dependent yeah. upon certain sounds mm -hmm. and, and certain catchphrases. Certain mouth shapes. Right, but it's, it's a similar thing too here, right? It's, it's all throughout right-wing media, right-wing talking points. There are just certain phrases that the listener or viewer has been trained to identify and associate certain emotions with. Mm -hmm. And and that's all. That's what that list is. That's literally that list is just here are the things politicians we have to elites. Here, here are the things we want to uh, make our our viewer think is the problem because that's who we demonize to uh, detract from our own uh, culpability for all these issues. Yep. Uh, we you know we we hate the the elites says. Vivek Ramaswamy, multi-millionaire. <laughs> multi-millionaire uh, entrepreneur. Guy wearing a $5,000 suit. A $6,000 suit. Inflation's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start pricing all my clothes based on inflation. Yep. <laughs> hey, I've got uh, gym shorts I bought back in high school that are now worth $80, yep, Benedict. Yeah that throw kerosene on that racism. And I can think of no better way to fuel racism in this country than to take something away from other people on the basis of their skin color. I've been saying that for years. Like their what? lives? Yeah. I, I... Hmm. What does he think is gonna happen? Does he mean like, what? I think he means guns, Benedict. On the We're not just gonna take guns away from white no, people. It's, we're gonna it's take all, guns, it's all guns away from everyone. It's all the guns. Also, the Years. last time there was a major gun reform push was when black people started arming themselves. So. Yep. <laughs> Ronnie Reagan. And I think that is driving, sadly, a new wave of anti-black and anti-Hispanic racism in this country. What is? I think the right way Sir, forward is, it, is, is, if we want to stop hate and discrimination on the basis of race, let's stop discriminating on the basis of race and see what unites us as no, Americans. I was Sorry. wrong. He was talking about college admissions, wasn't yeah. he? I think I that's what he was really talking about. I think from context, he was talking about college admissions and how we're taking them away from white people, and that is what is driving racial hatred in this country. I don't know. It seems bad. That is my Whatever. interpretation of what he's talking about there. Yeah. This man is a walking dipshit. This that man is, is not going to be president. This man is not going to be free. Let's finish off that video, Benedict. That leaves us three more. Which one will you have? Uh, give me number three. Number three. Okay, so 
This takes us back to the presidency, okay. today's theme, right? Okay. This is a PragerU video. Um, and I figured this would be one you would probably greatly enjoy. PragerU, now available in Texas, by the way. Yeah. Now available everywhere that well, has yeah. internet. But I think uh, in schools in Texas, they... Oh, did, they, did I miss that happening? Yeah. Great. So this video will be popping up in a Houston public school. Uh, it is titled, Franklin Roosevelt, The Great Depression. Cool. Uh, it is delivered <laughs> by Amy Schleis. Is it going to uh, be one of those things that it's like, it was only the World War II that pulled us out of the Depression. Like, mm, yeah, no shit. Her take is a, a teensy bit... Okay, this is a woman. I'll just tell you about this author real quick. Uh, uh, Miss Schleis. She wrote a book about Calvin Coolidge being the best president. Right. Yeah. So That's, she's not coming at this from an honest perspective. From though. a reality-based perspective. Yeah. She's the kind of person who gives talks at the American Enterprise Institute and nonsense. Like, uh, you can go look at her Wikipedia page. It lists, like, criticism of her bullshit from, like, uh, Paul Krugman and people. Uh, anyways, let's have some fun, Benedict. A great commander-in-chief abroad does not always make a great president at home. Pause that up. was the case. <laughs> Wrong. Eight seconds in. <laughs> you no, I, well, sure. Fine. Roosevelt did bad things. Has not every president? Like, it's hard not to when you're at the head of a, mm -hmm. a, a settler colonial imperialist, yeah. imperialist country. Oh, Roosevelt, does... de definitely a racist uh, per, on a personal level, right? Yep. Definitely. Uh, a lot of New Deal policies were inherently racist and in that they had to be because they had to, have, had to have Southern Democrats voting for them a lot of the time. Sure. And he didn't really oppose that, I don't nope. think. I think, uh, I think he was happy to get the, get the pol policies passed. Sure. Here's the difference between us and the right, Benedict. We're willing to talk about the negative aspects of these people we think did great things. Uh, I still Isn't think that crazy? largely a great president. Hmm? Like, when it came to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Boy, she says that. There's a weird each, inflection each syllable. There. There's a, yeah, she Franklin really... Delano. It's like Barack Hussein Obama. Mm. It's the same. She lets it drip through the teeth, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. It's the same. In the 1940s, President Roosevelt led us to victory in World War II. That fucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of. I mean, tr it was Truman that won the war. Um, okay, okay. You know what? That is a great point that she just started off the video with an absolute <laughs> falsehood. Well, because, I mean, because Roosevelt was dead. You could say that FDR led us through the, the sure. most tumultuous times, yes. But Truman, but the Benedict, war ended in Truman's regime. Here's here's a, a pro tip: in order to lead to victory, to be standing at the front on the way to victory, you can't be in a casket. No, I know if you've seen pictures of Roosevelt uh, in his last days. Didn't do days, a lot of standing. He does not. Well, never. But he does not look good. No. Nope. He, no, I don't he think I've fact, ever seen a picture of him like close. Oh to my him. god! Look, Google right now oh, Roosevelt's Roosevelt's right now? last days. Roosevelt's last days. Or like Roosevelt, like right before he died. Let's see. Uh, got it. Let's go to the images tab. Who boy? Yeah, uh, a ghost. Wow. That's that's not great. I'm seeing the one of like the side of his head. No, it just looks it's, like he's like. Yeah, it, no, no. The, it's the first one. It looks like his face is melting off. Uh, boy, he. Yeah, that's not great. He look. You know who he looks like? He looks like Woodrow Wilson in that picture. Yeah, but Woodrow Wilson was like 50 when that <laughs> happened to him because he was full of evil and malice. <laughs> Anyways. That stunning achievement, however, 
obscures Roosevelt's record in the 1930s. No, it doesn't. In the 30s, Roosevelt... No, you mean the work he did that prepared the country for the single greatest uh, collective effort in all of history? Yeah, the one, the one good war that America has ever The massive in. industrialization of the United States that allowed for the United States to come out of World War II as the world leader in production in of everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roosevelt and, and also, like, great- was swept to re-election twice. Like... Yeah. Yep. 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 The only president that I'm aware of to have three terms. I don't think there was another one. I think he's the only one. Uh, four terms, in fact. Four terms. Wow. You also, that's also kind of because he, like, there was kind of an honor system that you weren't supposed to serve more than two terms. No, because Washington served, no, seriously. No, 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 I'm I'm just saying, I'm the kid who grew up in American public schools. I'm aware of the story you're talking about. No, it's just an honor system. There was, I mean, (laughs) and, and, but FDR was like, ah, we're at war. We can't have a new president. Do you know what the Republican line, or at least the one I've heard from like my parents and stuff on why uh, they passed the amendment that changed that was? Why? Because FDR was such a bad president that they wanted to make sure make it sure never they never st- shut the fuck. They up. wanted to make sure that the Democrats never seized power and ended up with a dictator. That's why they passed that amendment. Uh, sure, I mean yeah. internment camps not great. FDR, <laughs> well, yeah. Great Depression at home and met defeat. To understand how this happened, it helps to remember who wrote. So you see her thesis there is that Benedict. Or, or, Benedict. Benedict. I'm Benedict about Delano the same Roosevelt. class, about the same <laughs> class as FDR, to be fair. Uh, Benedict Delano Roosevelt, uh, he, he lost to the Great Depression. Famously, so. that's why everyone hated him and mm-hmm. no one voted yep. for his re-election. Yep. Roosevelt was before he became president. And we, as we all know, the uh, low taxes, low spending Woodrow Wilson, he's the one who really beat the Great Depression. That's why we actually got out of it. You mean uh, Herbert pas- Hoover, not Woodrow Wilson? <laughs> yeah, why do I keep getting that mixed up? Because it's alliteration in both. Because I just said Woodrow Wilson a few minutes ago. That's Yeah, yeah. Yeah. ...was the sea. An experienced sailor, he knew every crack and cranny of the Atlantic coast. His first work in the federal government was as Assistant Secretary of the Navy, where his mastery of the seas became evident to colleagues. After serving as governor of New York, Roosevelt was elected... Wow. Okay, you're not looking at the video, but they used the most Trump-ish... FDR photo or like image I have ever seen in my life. Uh, that is just weird. That is just straight up weird. Elected president in 1932. They really the skip over could- the fact that he was elected governor of New York and also ran on a presidential ticket in 1928 and lost. Mm-hmm. So in front of him re- was all land. America lay mired in the Great Depression. One in four was unemployed. Roosevelt made a promise to put Americans back to work. He would help the forgotten man, the man. By the way, that's the title of her book. That's that's why she uses that phrase. What, put Americans back to work? No, the forgotten man is the title of her book. And at the bottom of the economic pyramid, to rescue America, the new president decided to steer the country like a ship in a storm okay, with himself as captain. To be fair to FDR at this point, the bottom of the American economic pyramid is a quarter of the country, as you just said. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't no. doing too great. No. Just as a commander calms a nervous crew, Roosevelt told Americans to forget their fear. The only thing to fear, he said, was 
fear itself. Look, when you do a video talking about how terrible the guy is, you're not supposed to bring up one of the most... Like uh, the iconic quotes. The iconic quote, exactly. Yeah. Right? Apart from December 7th, 1941. We shall fight them on the beaches. No, that's Churchill. <laughs> iconic quotes, come on. Yeah. Give me some slack. Sure. Roosevelt also promised to re-rig the economy and run it tight as a ship. Roosevelt called his re-rig the New Deal and made its military aspect explicit. This was a call to arms, he said. The Depression was an emergency for which Roosevelt claimed broad executive power. Mm, the okay, downturn so should be treated power. like a foreign foe. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it should. It, yeah. Yeah. All all resources should get devoted it's like, to uh, my favorite uh, sock done left meme, uh, which is uh, my brother in Christ through the power of uh, fiscal policy, anything is possible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Perhaps because Roosevelt didn't like economics very much, the captain recklessly steered the economy into uncharted waters. Um, those uncharted waters were increasing levels of employment and prosperity. Yep. Yeah. Make work schemes. Gotta love a make work scheme. Mm -hmm. Roosevelt opted. Honestly, I unabashedly think we should bring back. Like, I mean, they, they do still exist, like um, volunteer corps and things. Yeah, like, public arts schemes. Just pay people to like, yeah. fuck around and make art. Also, Benedict, nationalize Disneyland. Sure. Nationalize Disneyland. Sure. Every child should be able to go to Disneyland. I'm down. Nationalize it. Opted for a command At least the one in Florida. The California can keep down uh, Universal Studios. Sure. Nationalize Disneyland. Burn down Universal. Philosophy never before tried in peacetime, and he gave himself the broadest possible license—a license to pursue, as he put it, bold, persistent experimentation. Roosevelt called for government to manage industry. New laws ordered companies. That's very much a stretch. Yeah. Uh, for it's... government. She's she's trying to rely on the fact that the listener or viewer is very low information. It's also funny because like literally what Roosevelt did was probably to save the US from a proper socialist rev revolution. It's I go back to the old meme of the white hand and the black hand coming yeah. together in the middle and it's communists FDR saved the United States yeah. from a socialist revolution and With, capitalists uh, FDR saved the United States from a It's not wrong revolution. like that is true <laughs> Companies to raise prices and wages even when they couldn't afford to do so even when they couldn't afford to do so. Maybe they should have been more careful with their money then, dickheads. Also, this time period coincides with massive subsidies to, to industry. Yeah. Massive fucking and, subsidies And to comes just after massive corporate profits again. Right. And, and what she meant there, increase, yeah, higher wages. Because they were taking fucking advantage of workers. Yeah. Imagine being in favor of lower wages. Imagine being in favor of lower could, wages. Absolutely Benedict. could not be me. There's, look, there's a reason why there is a literal book about Roosevelt that's called Traitor to His Class. <laughs> <laughs> like... Also, the thing there about raising prices, she's talking about price controls. Yeah. She's talking about, and, and the more accurate way to say it would be restricting production. Right, the things that yeah. were done to save, like the milk industry and eggs and uh, well, small that and also um, the paying people not to grow wheat. Yeah, because people would let it rot on the vine because it wasn't like the, the prices the weren't. Wheat vine. Well, whatever. Yeah, you know the wheat vine. You know how the, the wheat stock, vine. Benedict. The you stock. know what I mean. 
he slammed individual I was thinking about the grapes of wrath. <laughs> Rotting on the vine. By the way, I just I, so I uh, when I was unpacking, I I need another bookshelf. I realized because I had a bunch of books in my storage unit um, that I had just like forgotten about, and in oh, the fun. meantime, my two bookshelves had continued to get more and more full. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. but I was just unpacking one of those boxes and pulled out Grapes of Wrath, and I was like, oh, there that is. Oh, okay. I knew I had that somewhere. It's a good book. He called big sucking on some titty at the end. That's everybody in, loves some titty in in like the saddest way. Yes. As we all know, Benedict, titty ended the Great Depression. <laughs> I, it certainly contributed to it. I say that much. <laughs> uh, one person who has never read Grapes of Wrath yep. is going to think I'm really Real weird. Is going to think I'm Real really confused. fucking weird. Big corporations' enemies are the peace. Roosevelt was a man born in. Boy, almost like the right wing's fake populism today. Yep. That goes after big businesses, certain big businesses. Yep. Yeah. Into wealth. He imagined that he and his senior crew, his brain trust, could run the economy better than entrepreneurs. For and boy, turns out they were right. Yep, that was correct. For example, the new National Recovery Administration decided everything down to how many logs a lumberyard could cut and at what time or how many chickens so, a butcher might sell. That's okay. She's also exaggerating how that process. She's talking about quotas. There were just mm -hmm. quotas, like uh, yeah, and like so. so well, how many logs like a lumberyard could cut? That's a quota. And what mm -hmm. time? That's just what part of the year they're allowed to log. That's mm -hmm. all that's talking about. But turning it into this phraseology she has here makes it sound much more controlling Sinister. and vindictive. Yeah, that's true. But in the storm of the 1930s, few dared mutiny. Maybe this was the way economies were now supposed to work. That's what Roosevelt's experts said. It's funny how almost every economy in the world uh, continued on this trend afterwards, at least mm -hmm. you know, the quote unquote West. Um, and we've seen a massive explosion in quality of life ever since. In lots of places, yeah. Weird how that happens. Roosevelt subsidized farmers and created temporary jobs in the arts. Social work experienced a boom. He promised pensions to seniors. That she just said all those things like as, as negatives. Yeah, what a yeah. prick. That sounded good. And the New Deal backed organized labor's demands for much higher wages. By the way, so I really should share these videos with you because the PragerU ones in particular have great graphics, right? Yep. We love the PragerU graphics. But there is a Black Lives Matter fist up above a pile of cash. That's her image for unions. Oh, it's no. like a fist cash and there's like a gear behind it that's what she's sure. going for okay i'm sure that wasn't intentional on part of yeah the is there a uh, is there they a building negative there? connotations and associations yeah. covery was just around the next bend roosevelt promised all americans had to do was wait for it as the years passed however the recovery stayed away no it didn't for an all right i just i have to pull it up now uh u.s em employment rate Great Depression, just so we can have it on the screen. At the height of the Great Depression, Benedict, height of the Great Depression, unemployment was at 24.9%. Now, yep. uh, let's see, height of Great Depression, where is, where, uh, bah, bah, bah. it's not giving me like a nice chart like I wanted to see. You know, I'd like to see a nice chart. Mm -hmm. That would be a good thing to see, but... No. Anyways, Bennett, do you know when FDR was elected? 
1933. 1933, Benedict. Oh, 32. Sorry, technically. You know what comes after the height of something? The drop. Oh, yeah. That's what happens, Benedict. Yep. That's what happened. So the unemployment rate... Uh, went did, down it after went his down election. pretty i'd say pretty quickly to 19 uh, to be fair it went down to like 90 it went down to like 15 percent. so it went up to 25 then down to 15 then back up to 17 and then world war ii does help him out to be fair yeah but that's still a great improvement over yes. the period of a few yeah. years yeah economy is not like a battleship an economy is no um a battleship is made of steel and it floats yeah. An economy doesn't do either of those things. Ethereal concept. So yes, I do agree with you. An economy is not like a battleship. It's more like a human. It makes choices. You can't. No, no, no that's that's, that's not. Fu- that's a fucking shit simile as well. Fuck you, off, boy. You don't quite understand how humans work or how economies work, do you? I I like to imagine she actually thinks that there's like a uh, the economy is like a building on West 34th Street. Oh, it is. And, and there's a guy who sits in a room and he yep. makes decisions. No, that's like right. human. Yeah. Can't command an economy to grow. The economy has to feel like growing. Sure. Boy, growth doesn't care about your feelings. That's, <laughs> yep. Surely Under true. the New Deal, the economy instead felt like hiding below deck. What company okay, would hire up, up uh-huh. Stop doing the fucking shit, Matthew. I know. If you she don't just think really it's a this analogy. Yeah. And it's not great. If it couldn't pay the wages. Today, we consider 6% unemployment a crisis. Then, overall unemployment stayed above 10% throughout the decade. So, if the New Deal. Yeah, yeah who was that caused out, by? It turns, turns out it's difficult are hard to get out of. Yeah, especially literally the Great Depression. So, so wait, she is criticizing. The, you know, uh, uh, patronage of the arts and, you know, the volunteer corps and let's just call them make work jobs, right? Even that though that's sure. a misnomer, there was plenty of work going on with these yeah. jobs. They just weren't necessarily things that dickheads like this would find economically valuable. Yeah. But her solution is do nothing, let those people suffer instead. Yep. I, I mean... Or, actually, her real solution is, well, if you did nothing, then magic would happen and it would all get better. Like, that's re- if we're going to be realistic, like, she just wanted to do what Hoover did, which didn't improve anything, and then step three profit, yeah. I presume. Uh, they also hate that he took us off the gold standard. Like, yeah. that, that's the other thing that they hate. Fucking gold um, bucks. But you know what happened is it, the uh, per capita income hit its lowest point for the U.S. in 1933. By 1940, it was higher than it was in 1930 again. Wow! O- over, overtaking every other country, having dropped below both, weirdly, Belgium and the U.K. Wow. I'm just yeah. going to do sound effects on my yep. own since there I don't have my soundboard. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Yeah. <laughs> Steel broke its own promise. Why did America give Roosevelt a second term in 1936? Because they really thought he was popular. Because he was doing a good job. He was, he was fucking crushing it in the public's eyes. One answer was that Roosevelt was Sorry, indeed no, a charismatic captain. Wait, 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 wait. Is she really just going to go, well, he he's like a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was very good at speeches. You know what, though? This is the same shit they did with Obama. This was their excuse for losing to Obama twice in a row. The, the, he does like a sleight of hand wow. with his speeches. Like he no, tricks really? you with his magic words. So, you know, most of the Obama years, that's when I was a right-wing shitbag. 
Uh, yeah, most, I'd say five, yeah, probably five-ish years or so. Uh, but you could not go around the right wingosphere without hearing someone talking about how, well, you know, Obama, he's just really good at making speeches, but if you take him off the teleprompter, he stumbles like an idiot. That's, Doesn't know what he's talking uh, about. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. But no, literally, they would talk a lot about, well, you know, they're just buy into it because he makes these great flowery speeches and sounds real good. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, they're putting up fucking John McCain, Mitt Romney, who, you know, sound like they're stepping on their own tongue. Like, yeah. I mean, and, Mitt Romney can speak it, in public. It couldn't possibly be that their ideas are bad and no one likes them. No, no, no. no. That's it's just it. the, uh, the other guy is better at giving speeches. Yeah, yeah. Who did inspire. The new medium of radio allowed him to connect to millions of Americans purely uh, okay. by speaking so into a microphone. Second. Roosevelt convinced the nation that crisis was indeed the new normal. Third, my- what? That. Someone else could have fixed it much quicker, whereas Roosevelt deliberately prolonged the Great Depression. I mean, when so I that- hear that, I hear I hear Alex Jones in that. Yeah, I hear I hear Jonesy. conspiracy. That's conspiracy thinking. Is a little Jonesy. Money was involved. The New Deal systematically rewarded voting blocks, whether seniors, laborers, or farmers. These groups express their... Ah, rewarding uh, voting blocks, otherwise known as people. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I really do love that. Whether they're uh, seniors, What voting blocks were angry farmers. about it? Hmm, well, there's a couple houses that border Central Park in New York City. Yeah. They were not pleased. They wouldn't be. Their thanks with their votes. And finally, Roosevelt was a man of extraordinary personal will. Confined to a wheelchair by polio, Roosevelt did not allow obstacles, political or otherwise, to deter him. If he- Hot take here, Benedict. Hot take. Spicy take. Mm-hmm. It was all a lie. He could walk. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> he did get up and walk one time, actually, because he wanted to walk to the podium to prove his strength. He was accompanied by, I think, his son. <laughs> Anyways, Benedict, uh, well, we got a couple. We got like 30 seconds left. Let's, let's okay, finish it. Fine. We made it this far. Let's finish it. Sure. If he wanted something, he went after it and usually got it. That included his New Deal. By the 1940 election, the big issue was a war across the Atlantic. Here was a realm where a Navy man was a strong choice. And once <sighs> Roosevelt turned to work, he eased. Yep, that's the only reason he won. Yep, World War, war II wasn't America that notably not at, notably not at war at that time. Yep, up on business and instead hired companies to build him ships planes and guns that's what he was doing throughout the entire depression yeah the government was placing large orders yep. with businesses it's that's it's gar- guaranteeing the books is, uh. is basically what the government was doing still the facts are important to remember we can praise president roosevelt's war service all we like but there's no way around that new deal record no president franklin roosevelt himself put the great in the great depression no, he didn't. I'm so wait. She's arguing there at the end. He made the depression worse. Yep. Objectively, by every measure. Nope. Made it it better. got better after his election. Yep. You cannot make that argument. Nope. That is so dumb. Yep. That is impressively dumb. And Benedict, that leaves us with two final videos. I will spare you. We will only do one more of the two. Okay. So take your pick, one or two. Uh, give me uno number... or dose, as some say. Give me number uno. Number one, Benedict. This, sticking with our president's theme, is another PragerU video. I figured we'd do the one on FDR, right? 
We sure. know about FDR. Every, every, everyone has a general idea of FDR. Then I figured, let's do one on a president that people forget was ever a president. Oh, so yeah. I picked Millard Fillmore, Benedict. Couldn't have told you that that was the name. <laughs> We're going to do a video on Millard Fillmore. Uh, let's okay. find out. I literally know nothing about Millard Fillmore. No, let's learn so, together. Is he the Teapot Dome guy? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Let's see. No one was more surprised than Millard Fillmore when the Whig Party chose him to be Zachary Taylor's running mate in the 1848 election. The Whig Party. <laughs> I mean... How very you know, British. To be fair, to be fair, um, I'm sure Millard Fillmore was surprised that anyone knew who the fuck he was. Yep. Because who the fuck is Willard Fillmore? Millard, Millard, not Willard. Yeah, Willard, Millard, Millard. who gives a shit? It's, it's Willard Fillmore. Nobody knows him. Nobody M- needs Millard him. Millard Fillmore. Willard Fillmore. <laughs> Working as the comptroller, essentially the treasurer, of New York. By the way, whoever this narrator is, and I didn't bother to check, let's see, Jared Cohen is this guy's name. Okay. Uh, author of Accidental Presidents, Eight Men Who Changed America. Okay. Uh, very, like, forceful voice he's, he's doing this yep. uh, VO with. Uh, not how I would do it. Not how no. I would advise Fair enough. VO. New York State at the time, Fillmore was well-known in Washington. He had been a New York congressman for a decade, it's very much the, the way that someone who is not um, practiced at reading a script reads a script. I don't think it's that bad, actually. I, it stands out a lot to me because that okay. last lady, you know, she at least sounded fluid and natural. Yeah, this but that's because she's given that stump speech probably a thousand probably, times. Like. Probably. But the VP slot, Fillmore didn't see it coming. See, like that pause there for the BP slot. Too long of a for the beefy slot. The be- the the beefy slot. You know, everyone <laughs> has a beefy slot. <laughs> and he didn't hesitate to say yes when offered the job. It's called my mouth. It's where I yep. put my beef. <laughs> yep, that's it. We're not gonna get through this video. <laughs> I don't think so. Job. On the surface, Taylor and Fillmore seemed to be a good fit. Taylor had never run for elective office. He was the great hero of the Mexican-American War. Mm, were there any heroes there? Yeah. Were there any heroes no, other no. than Pancho to, to quote the, strangler, the Stranglers, no more heroes. <laughs> when he wasn't sold. You could have quoted one of my episode titles. I'm pretty sure that's what I titled an episode once. Probably. Soldiering, he lived on a plantation in the Deep South. Mm. Fillmore, a northerner. Mm. <laughs> Not the, the ideal where? combination with anyone, really. You said 1848 election? This is, is Zachary This is Zachary Taylor they're talking about. To be fair, not Millard Fillmore. Uh-huh. ...spent his professional life in politics. Both had grown up on the edge of the frontier. Both were entirely self-made. It was... Mm-hmm. Grew up where in the South? Yeah. Entirely self-made? Yeah. Mr. Jefferson, we know who's doing the planting? Yeah, that's right. The marriage made in machine politics heaven. And it worked. Well, to be more accurate, it worked for Taylor. It didn't work for Fillmore. When they won the 1848 election, Fillmore figured that as vice president, he could dispense lucrative federal jobs to his supporters, securing his future as a major force in New York and maybe even national politics. Didn't work out. He also figured that with his knowledge of Congress and his vast experience in the political arena, he would be a trusted Taylor advisor. He figured wrong on both counts. Oh shit, he's the original Veep. Julia yeah. Dreyfus got her shit from him. I forget when being Veep, because there was a time when like the VP was just like the loser of the election, right? That was <laughs> yeah. the, 
and I think that uh, changed in the early that changed, that changed either, in the early, early 1800s yeah, yeah, yeah I think that early. was I think Jefferson was like fuck that to be honest because <laughs> I don't think no because he beat Burr right so Jefferson I think this is in I think this is a plot point in Hamilton I, it's now the that early I think about 1800s it. when that changed uh, there was a constitutional amendment but I don't yeah. remember which one I don't remember what year Anyway, I think Taylor? it was the early 1800s. But I don't remember when him... being VP... I think being VP has always been kind of a useless job, right? That's always... It's... Yeah, there's not a lot to do. I mean, like, right now, Kamala Harris presides over the Senate and casts a tie-breaking vote. Yeah. So, like, it is a position I mean, that important. matters for the first time in a long time. Because yeah. it's very rare that that chamber is going to be split 50-50 and need yeah. that tie-breaking vote. Oh, uh, no, it's 51-49 now, isn't it? Well, Joe Manchin doesn't count. Okay. Well, I think cinema isn't cinema technically an independent now as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, and but you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's yeah, been yeah. a couple of times yeah, yeah, she's yeah. had to cast tiebreaker. For so. between 2020 and 2022, it was 50-50. Yeah, we gained a him no access to patronage. He wasn't interested in boosting Fillmore's career in New York or anywhere else, and Taylor did not bring Fillmore into his inner circle. The two men Classic. didn't even meet until after the election. Boy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm about to be vice president. Better go meet Better the not guy. Me- who's well, gonna... to be fair, if you were like he holds Ugh. slaves or like is on a fucking plantation, I would be like, fuck that guy. Too. I don't know, Benedict. We haven't learned what Fillmore thought about slaves yet. Yeah, let's find true. out. It's probably not. I'm good. saying that in a voice that could or could not possibly be foreshadowing something. Because, mm. like I said, I know nothing. Literally, about no Fillmore. idea. Yeah, I'm gonna keep calling him Willard. Willard, by the way. And when they did. They didn't much like each other. It seems that there are many differences on political issues, though assets during the campaign were detriments after it. For example, Taylor, the Southerner, accepted slavery, though to his credit, he did oppose its spread to new states. No, no, that's not much no, credit. No, not mm, boy, mm, boy. Not <laughs> that's much like being there. like you know he was a serial killer, but to his credit, he look, always did his taxes on time. Look. He, he was in favor of slaughtering prostitutes and spewing their entrails across the uh, the sidewalk, but not above the 48th parallel. Please. Yeah. He, the, the man had the man, some, some standards. The man had some dignity. <laughs> Jesus Christ. While Fillmore, the northerner, opposed slavery. Yeah. Okay. All right, Fillmore. He gets a point. Yep. Fillmore gets that, a point. That is where you can get some credit. I found something good about Willard Fillmore that I'm going to tell people fucking now. Millard Fillmore. Did you? I'm gonna go into conversations. Did you know that Willard Fillmore opposed slavery? Who the fuck is Willard, Willard exactly. Fillmore? Who the fuck is Willard Fillmore? Willard Milford. I'm just gonna say it differently every time and see if we can come to a consensus. Fillmore made one more miscalculation. He never thought Taylor would die in office. Is that a miscalculation? Yeah. Is it really? I mean, did he just not want to be president? Because like, I yeah, don't know. It sounds like he was fine being president. Look, also, it sounds like he could have done a better job at trying to get rid of slavery if he was anti-slavery, but whatever. True, true. Here's my thought. Anyone who becomes vice president at least once has the thought, what if, what if I was president? Yeah. What, if, what if that guy dies in office? It's gonna be, I'm going to get to go live in the bigger house across the street. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. After dedicating the base of the Washington Monument on a very hot, humid day, Taylor returned. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. He did a Willard film. Oh wait, no, that was that was the bad guy, right? That was Zachary Taylor who dedicated the monument. So fuck that. Yeah, guy. yeah. Turn to the Phil, White House. Phil, with sorry, can I just read this to you? 
Mm-hmm. Fillmore entered politics in 1828 as a member of the Democratic and Libertarian Anti-Masonic Movement and Anti-Masonic oh, Party. Oh, shit. Yeah. Anti-Masonry. I forgot that that was and continues to be a force in American politics, as we've learned from the way of the Shadow Walls. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and he was apparently a dedicated follower of uh, Henry Clay. Oh. So. Famous I know who Senator. Henry Clay is, but why don't you tell the audience who Henry Clay is, Benedict? Because some of, them, is some a... of them don't remember. Yeah, I mean he's a he, he's a very notable uh, period in the in the sorry he's a very notable senator in the run up to the uh, Civil War because ah uh, that does ring a bell. Yeah, but I already knew. I remembered exactly who Henry Clay was. Yeah, he wanted a, he wanted memory. slavery. He was one like he was an early like he was trying to get slavery abolished in Kentucky in the 1790s. So, all right, so he cool was, dude. Wait, is it, I no, mean, I'm thinking of Sumner who got caned. It was Sumner who got. Yeah, caned. no, Sumner also cool. Hmm. Then the doctors got a hold of him in the mid 19th. Okay. <laughs> now Never I know good. something bad is about when to the, happen to Zachary When the Taylor. doctors get a hold of you, yeah. 1840s doctors, uh, maybe you didn't want to let them you get don't a hold want of that. You. No. Century, this was not necessarily a good thing. Over the next few days, Taylor's health got worse. He died on July 9th, 1850. So those doctors were the real heroes. Mm-hmm. The doctors, trying all manner of nostrums, including bleeding him from the wrist, effectively cured. Oh, oh, you know, you know how bleeding from the wrist yeah. is the way to cure somebody. It's a, it's a famous. Cure, <laughs> you know yeah. how famously bleeding someone from the wrist is what's gonna make them better, especially yep. after they've had some aspirin. Yep. Him to death. Fillmore, thanks to the precedent John Tyler established ten years before. Oh shit! Do we need to add those doctors to the list of presidential assassins? Possibly, yeah. They killed a fucking president. Yeah. For suddenly found himself the 13th president of the United States. It would have been a difficult job for anyone. On the one hand, thanks to victory in the- That's the way you start off when you really want to want to make, you know, you're, you're doing a compliment sandwich. Uh-huh. Well, look, this job would have been hard. Would have been for hard anyone. for anyone. It was particularly for you, bad for impossible. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it would have been hard for anyone. In the Mexican-American War, a new treaty with Spain, and the rise of the Mormon community in Utah, the United States had in just the previous year almost doubled in size. Wait, what? I'm confused. Those Mormons were largely already United States citizens. Oh, he's talking about them taking the territory. Yeah, the Mexican-American He means literal. I thought he meant population. No, He means literal land mass size. That's, I was confused about what he was talking about. Yeah. Texas. California, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado would all eventually become states. On the other hand, there was a burning question. Which would be free states and which would be slave states? During a four-hour speech, the aging lion of the Senate, Whig leader Henry Clay, proposed an omnibus bill that would settle all the issues. But the Senate was so divided that agreement on a single bill proved impossible. Um, boy... Boy, it's really hard to watch this after the number of PragerU videos we watched that have denied the reasons why the Civil War started. <laughs> that, uh, straight propaganda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feelings ran. I mean, okay, here's the thing. This video, so far to me, 
I have not really seen much propaganda in. No, no huge bias. uh, Whitewashing Zachary Taylor, right? You got a little bit of that there. This seems like, yeah, this seems like just a relatively straightforward. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Things ran so hot that on more than one occasion, actual fistfights broke out on the Senate floor. Fillmore, with the help of Illinois Senator Stephen Douglas, a Democrat, came up with a practical solution: break the big bill into five separate parts. Each part could then be debated on its own merits. This was known as the Compromise of 1850. It's a bad one. Here's how... Oh, no compromise. Anything that goes down in history as compromise is bad. I mean, generally speaking, I can't think of an example of any that were not bad. Um, I mean, yeah, they compromised with Hitler. They compromised 1850. There's not a whole lot of good compromises. They compromised during Reconstruction. That went badly. Lots yeah. of things went badly. And the compromise of 1850 is a particularly bad one. Yeah. Like, it is the one that, you know, so California entered the Union. Uh, it's the it's the popular sovereignty on slavery bill, basically. Or, right. Like, it it well, leads to that, yeah. It created the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850, which is a yeah. horrible law, right? And then it, it uh, uh, established Texas and I think New Mexico um, and, you know, it basically allowed them to keep having slaves. That's yep. the general gist of it. Like, ah, hey, you can keep having slaves in these states, not those states. That's a bad compromise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Here's how each piece broke down. One, California would be admitted as a free state. Why did I go over it when he was just going to explain yeah. it afterwards? Why the fuck I did I? Two. The boundaries of Texas, already a slave state, were fixed. (laughs) Three, the New Mexico and Utah territories would be allowed to determine for themselves whether they would be free or slave. Yeah, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea, because you know why? Slavery bad. Slavery bad. It's just so so weird that... Here's the thing. I I live in Missouri right now. I live in St. Louis. Um, And I've had this conversation with several people, like... How are Missouri public schools under recent bullshit legislation, uh, you know, that's going on around here? How are they supposed to teach about the Missouri Compromise? Yeah, it's tough. How are they supposed to teach that? It's tough. Uh, I think I'm about done with this. All right, let's give it a little bit more and then we'll be done. We got to learn about our boy Willard. Millard. Four. The slave trade would... Millard isn't a real name, Benedict. It's Willard. Get it right. ...would be abolished in Washington, D.C., Five, the right of Southern slave owners to recover runaway slaves in the North was enhanced. Fillmore hated this last bill, the Fugitive Slave Act. Shouldn't have signed it signed it, it anyway. Fucker. Then don't fucking sign it, asshole. You can sign the other four first and be like, I'm going to sign the fifth one. It was and then... pr- if I had to guess, it was probably like, you, you sign this one and then we'll send the rest. I don't yeah. know, but I'm guessing. But still, don't fucking sign something you that morally heinous. Pretend to sign it. I don't know. You're the president. <laughs> you can make up new laws. <laughs> you you just uh, you wave the pen over the page yeah. and pretend like you were writing on it. You're like, That's okay, it. hand me those other ones yeah. now. Let's do it. <laughs> That'd be great. He feared, with good reason, that if he didn't, the southern states would bolt and the Union would be shattered. Huh, why would they do that? Why would they do that, Benedict? It's about states' rights, don't you know? It's about states' rights. To to what, sir? I think we're done. I think we're about done. Uh, Benedict, um, 
first episode in the new apartment. Yep. Uh, very echoey still. I'm noticing it more now towards the end. Yeah, fair uh, enough. I don't know why I'm noticing it more now, but I am hearing a lot more echoes. You're um, okay. I think you're a bit away from the mic. Mm, maybe I got to work on, on my setup here a little bit. Yeah. But, Benedict, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Teach Peace, Chi Wizzle, The Ghost of Larry Nichols, Jacob Johnson, Danny Rosari, A Wee Woo Thing, New Buildings Are a Globalist Conspiracy, Carrie Conrison, Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson Petro, Stephen DeBoe, Tori and DeGallant, Raptor Princess vs. the Shadow Wolves, Runak Seti, Amy Kaiser, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S., Insert Random Scat Sounds, Billy Beep Bop Boop, William Patterson, Flack Weasel, Kieran Dackler, join us next week when we report live from Hillary Clinton's blood orgy, Henry Lewis oh. King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Paws, A Restless Native, A Baby, wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Jordan Could Read Harry Potter for Demons and Not Get Possessed Because He's Quit Quis- Quis- Chatterack, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Baka, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Dickie's D. Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Tikanen, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all as always for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, Willard, goodbye. Willard, goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.